Hi everyone, my name is Jake and this is JTech. Today I'm going to talk about dev environments and different tools that you can use as a developer to help you test your code and things that also help you really just speed up the development process of your code. Now first thing I'm going to start off with is what is an IDE and what is a code editor. Now, if you're just starting off in your college degree program, if you're just now learning your very first programming language, first off, congrats. Second thing, you're probably going to be introduced into something that's called an IDE, an Integrated Development Environment. And what that is, is it's essentially a workspace for programmers to work on code, develop it, debug it, refactor it, all sorts of great stuff. But one of the key features about it is that it has a bunch of tools pre-installed on it out the box. You're going to have things like integrated debuggers. You're going to have integrated compilers. In some of them, you're able to choose different SDKs to compile your code with and a whole host of other options. Now, a lot of you are going to be like, well, Jake, what is a SDK? Why are there multiple different versions? What a SDK is, is it's essentially a development kit for a certain program that your compiler implements. So let's say, for example, I'm, let's say I'm programming in Java. They have what's called a JDK, Java Development Kit. And I create a really simple program. All it says is, it's a and let's say I develop just a hello world program, something very simple. You run it and it spits out in the terminal, hello world. Well, I need a JDK for my compiler to use. So let's say, for example, I use IntelliJ, which, by the way, is a phenomenal IDE. I personally enjoy it. I personally enjoy it, but others may not, and that's okay. Anyways. So let's say I spin up IntelliJ and I create my print line, I say hello world, and I try to run it without a JDK. IntelliJ is going to let me know, hey man, I really want to run this, but I don't have the tools to be able to turn this into an executable file. And what you'll have to do is you'll have to go onto Google and download the JDK. I want to say Oracle now owns them, so you'll have to get the package from them. But once you get your dev kit installed, you're going to be able to run your code in IntelliJ and it's still not going to run. And you're going to pause and you're going to go, well, what the heck? I got the toolkit and I have a dev environment. Why is it not running? You have to set your dev environment to actually use it. Now, different systems have this set up in different ways, but IntelliJ you should be able to go into your file or better yet as soon as you create a file it should ask you hey what dev kit do you want to use what dev kit version do you want to use and they're going to have stuff like 1.8 1.2 so forth and so on select whatever you want and then you will be able to compile your program so we covered dev kits now let's actually move on to the ide itself a dev environment is a really great tool for whenever you're first learning to program. It has a lot of out-of-the-box tools that you're actually able to start playing with, and it's going to teach you a lot about the code that you're developing, how the programming language, how it actually implements data types and methods that you pass into it. And it's just a 
all-around great educational tool. It's also great for developers because it has a lot of tools out of the box that allows you to actually look behind the scenes of your code and see, all right, is this method receiving the value that I'm trying to send it? You'll, you will learn more about this later as you just get familiar with the systems. So, a lot of these tools I keep talking about vary from environment to environment. For example, Visual Studio, in my case it's going to be VS19, has a bunch of features out the box such as Live Share. Now they tried pulling off Live Share in their last version of Visual Studio. I personally was not a fan of it because it caused the system to crash on more than one occasion. So I really wasn't that big of a fan of it until they released it with their new version of Visual Studio. But what LiveShare essentially does is it allows you to stream your code. Now let's say you're working on a project with a friend. Let's say you have this programming assignment given to you by your professor and they give you let's say two days to work on it. Now as you and your friend start working on this code you're probably gonna try using something like something like Skype or Discord to be able to share your view of your computer screen and be able to collaborate on the code you're working on. And you're eventually going to discover that even though you have a screen share going on, things are still going to be difficult. Someone's not hovering over the right thing that you're trying to tell them. They, they're not putting a breakpoint on the line that you're trying to show them. And it's all around just difficult to collab on a screen share basis. So Microsoft, in their omnipotent wisdom, decided to create live share. What this feature allows you to do is let's say you you have Visual Studio 19 and your friend also has Visual Studio 19 because so let's say user 1 has the program set up on their computer and they're like hey I want to show Mitch this. I want to see if Mitch can help me out with this problem. So user1 clicks live share and sends the link that it spits out to Mitch. Mitch then is going to click on that link and it's going to spin up a, the exact same code on his instance of VS19. And then they're going to both be able to work on that same code. So whenever Mitch changes something, it's going to show up on the other guy's computer and vice versa. Think of it like a doc. So it makes things way easier to collaborate on. And that's just one of the tools that dev environments have in them right out the box that make development in development with other people way easier. So as you're going through your first set of courses teaching you a programming language I know a lot of schools right now are focusing on either C-sharp or Java. If you learn one, you're basically learning the other. Um, there's, there's a few small differences between the two, but it's nothing really major to worry about. 
If you learn Java, you're going to be able to hop right into C Sharp with little to no trouble and vice versa. But your professor is really going to push one dev environment. Some of them, if it's Java, some of them really love Eclipse, and others prefer IntelliJ or maybe some other version of a development environment. And this is where a item of mixed debate comes in. You're going to discover that you really enjoy some dev environments, and you're also going to discover that you absolutely hate other dev environments. Every single one, they have a different workflow. They have a different way of actually setting up code. They have a different way of setting up what version of a dev kit you want to use. They have a different way of laying out your workspace, of accessing files, of changing dependencies, and all sorts of other stuff. Whenever I went through my early programming classes, the professors really pushed Eclipse. I personally really do not like Eclipse. I think it's difficult to work with, and every single time I work on a program using Eclipse, 9 out of 10 times, I find myself fighting more with the dev environment than I do actually working on my code. Now, with this being said, listen to your professor and go ahead and try to learn as much as you can about that dev environment in your first couple of classes. Now, as soon as you get really comfortable with that environment and as soon as you finish that class, search the internet and I want you to download about two or three different editors and experiment with them. And eventually you're going to find that there are some things that you enjoy more than the one that you were brought up on. And you're going to discover that the one that you were brought up on actually has some better features than other ones out there. But it all really is going to boil down to personal preference. Some people really like Eclipse, other people really like IntelliJ. So yeah, my advice on that is just as soon as you get out of that class, reach out and experiment with different environments. Find one that your workflow the best. The reason why I prefer IntelliJ over Eclipse for Java development is I just prefer how the workflow is. I like how you're able to choose what version of dev kit that you want to implement whenever you're running your code. And I think it just handles debugging way better than Eclipse. Now the downside to IntelliJ is it takes forever to boot up. It takes me about almost a minute to boot up IntelliJ versus Eclipse takes about 30 seconds. But I'm willing to be patient for the features that I'm able to use in it. So we've covered a whole lot about IDEs, but there is still another entire end of the spectrum we haven't even talked about yet, and that is code editors. Now what a code editor is, is it's essentially a dev environment without all the extras. Think of a IDE as a BMW fully loaded. You have the rims, you have the leather seats, you have the surround sound stereo, you have the navigation, the satellite radio, everything. It is decked out. But that means that the dev environment is also very bulky. It's heavy on your system. Now a code editor is that same BMW, but you don't have leather seats. Instead you have fabric. Instead of satellite radio, it's just plain AM or FM. 
It's still a BMW, but it doesn't have all the extra features on it. It's very lightweight, it's compact, it's easy to throw on any system and just immediately go to work. Another downside about it is that out of the box, you do not have things like IntelliSense. You do not have an integrated compiler. Now, with that being said, you can actually go out and download these features and set up an environment that you really like and that is actually optimized for you. So just like the BMW, even though yes it is stripped down, you can slowly add on those features. Hey, I want leather seats, but I don't want the satellite radio. Well, here's the stock Beamer. Now, I'm going to pull out the fabric seats. I'm going to put in the leather seats. Now, the way that you actually get all these features that you want to implement is through extensions. Now, an extension can be anything from a color theme change on your editor. Some of you may be asking, well, Jake, if a IDE has all of these really great features for working on programs, and a code editor is stripped down, but you can add the things that you want, which one should I use? And my answer to that is both. Here's why. For whenever I work on programs, whenever I work on applications, I use a combination of the two. If it's backend or anything database intensive, things that I'm taking data, I'm manipulating the data, I'm moving data, or I'm just creating complex backend features, I like a dev environment because it allows me to actually look into the methods and see if it's receiving the data that I think it's getting. Now granted, yes, you can create a code editor that does the exact same thing, but I prefer the out-of-the-box experience. Likewise, whenever I create anything front-end-wise, be it HTML, CSS, JavaScript, or using frameworks like React, I prefer a code editor because I can actually set up a few extensions that help speed up my dev process. For example, some of the extensions I have are um, or auto close tag, auto rename tag. Those two, I cannot tell you how much save. I cannot tell you how much time they have saved me. So auto close tag is, let's say I create a H1 tag. And as soon as I finish typing the H1 and then the, and then I put in the greater than symbol, it's gonna immediately create a corresponding closing tag for that H1. And that just saves, now, Granted, that may only save two or three seconds, but whenever you have tags within tags within tags, and within even more tags, those, those two or three seconds add up on each other, and eventually you're saving yourself five, 10, 15 minutes on some projects on just not having to create closing tags. On the flip side, auto rename tag, is pretty self-explanatory. If I take that first H1 that I made and I change it to a div, it's gonna change the corresponding closing tag to a div as well. So it's not anything really major, but something small that helps configure my environment to me and it helps expedite things for me. Some other extensions I have installed are things like um, 
are things like bracket pair colorizer, which color codes your parentheses and brackets, which is actually really helpful whenever you're passing in objects to methods because you might only be passing in a very specific portion of an object. So in some cases, you may wind up with three, four, five different parentheses inside of another set of parentheses. And a lot of the times I will find myself getting tripped up with this. So I have this in extension installed that color codes every single one of these parentheses. So I know what is inside of what. I also have some support features for certain programming languages such as React, HTML, CSS, JavaScript. I have support extensions for each one of those. So the support extension allows me access to things like IntelliSense. For those of you who do not know, IntelliSense is essentially the spell check for a programming language. Let's say there's a method out there called add two numbers. As soon as I start typing add, it's going to pop up other options. It can say, hey, add two numbers, add three numbers, add four numbers, add 26 different numbers. It, the list goes on and on as long as, as long as that word is in different methods that I'm able to implement. And I really enjoy this code support because it allows me to explore not only the different things that I have access to, but also, let's say I don't quite remember the name of the method, but I remember part of it. I can type it in and then scroll through the IntelliSense and see what method am I actually wanting. Now, a lot of people have a love-hate relationship with this. There are some people out there who really enjoy it because it allows them to explore the language a bit more than, a bit easier than actually having to read through the documentation of the language and see what method is available to them as opposed to it immediately getting spat out on their code editor in front of them. And there are others that cannot stand it because like every spell check in the world, it's going to mess up. If I type add two numbers and I hit enter and the right thing isn't selected, it might spit out add 384 bajillion numbers. And if I don't catch that I accidentally entered the wrong method, my program's going to break and it's going to take me about 5 minutes and it's going to take me about 5 minutes for me to realize that hey, why is this breaking? It shouldn't be breaking. And then all of a sudden I realize, oh, because instead of me putting add two numbers, I accidentally put add 34 bajillion numbers. IntelliSense is always a mixed debate depending upon what developer you talk to. So Live Server allows me the option of something called Hot Reload is, I believe, the term. But essentially, let's say I create a page and it's a simple H1 of Hi There. And I open up Chrome, I log into my local host, and sure enough, there's a very simple white page saying Hi There. Well, let's say I go back into my code and I change my Hi There to Go Away. Well, without live share and without the hot reload option, you would have to then go back to your instance of Chrome and then reload the page for it to recognize that, hey, my code has changed. And now instead of hi there, I have go away. Well, with live share, you don't have to hit reload. It will automatically recognize that, hey, the code has changed. I need to display something different. 
Again, it's something small, but whenever you're working on a project that you may have 20, 30, 40 different changes in a system, yes, it saves half a second, but when you have half a second happen over 100 times, that time slowly adds up. I also have a few different theme extensions on my code editor. Things like the material theme, which really just changes the color layout of my system. It's, it has absolutely nothing to do with code, but I personally like the color change. And I also have the material icon theme. Again, absolutely nothing to do with code. But whenever I create a JavaScript file, as opposed to just the stock icon that shows up next to it in your file explorer, it will actually have the JavaScript icon on it. Again, really does not change your work environment, but I like the look of it. That's really what code editors are about, is you're able to set up the environment for you as an individual. What are your personal preferences? How do you like the system look to look? and so forth and so on. Now, real quick, I wanna hop back onto IDEs. And I wanna talk about one difference between a IDE and a difference between a code editor. Now, we already covered that one is a lot more bulky than another. That one is very bulky, but has a lot of features. And one out the box is very minimal, but it's also lightweight. In most cases, IDEs are formatted for one specific programming language. For example, IntelliJ, specifically Java. Now, yes, you can format it to accept JavaScript and different front-end technologies, but it's wheelhouse. It's what it's originally designed for, integrated for, and set up for is Java. It does, it, it does one thing primarily, and it does it very well. On the flip side, Visual Studio. Not VS Code, but Visual Studio. Yes, you can develop in Python, you can use it to work in Unity, but it's one feature it is really great at is C Sharp. It was originally built for specifically one programming language, and it does it really well. And on the flip side with a code editor, since you have to install the compiler, it's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. It's not meant for one specific setup, but instead multiple. You, if you wanted to, you could use the same code editor to work in JavaScript, PHP, Python, all within one environment. Now, yes, you would have to go out there and grab all the features you wanted, so you would have to grab a compiler for each one of those and you would have to learn how to implement that compiler in the command line and then you would have to add code support if you wanted IntelliSense or any other feature to each one of these languages but you could do it and you could personalize that system specific to what you want so essentially IDEs are really great at one specific language and they do it ridiculously well whereas a code editor is able to work with basically any language but you have to put in the work for it to work really well with it. And with that being said, I think I pretty much talked about everything I wanted to. If you enjoyed the podcast, think about subscribing and I will talk to everyone later.